0: Welcome to Pure Gold, an honest, no-nonsense take on what it means to live daily with sexual integrity, offering practical tips and suggestions on how to strengthen your character, deepen your transparency, and grow in truth through the power of Jesus Christ. I want to talk about another really huge giant that, that tries to stand in the way of us living the full and abundant life that god has for us it's one that i'm i'm pretty familiar with in my life it's it's a huge part of my story and my testimony and that's the giant of addiction the giant of addiction so you might hear that word this morning addiction and you might immediately want to turn the message off because maybe you hear that word and say oh well i've never i've never dealt with that i've never dealt with addiction because a lot of times people we we sort of stereotypically think of that word and we think that it applies only to kind of like the big things, right? You know, to maybe the alcoholic or the person who, who does drugs, you know, deals, you know uh, uses drugs. But addiction actually doesn't just have to do with those things. It has to do with any compulsive behavior in which we attempt to medicate deeper pain. That's the reality. I just wanna repeat that again. An addiction is any compulsive behavior in which we attempt to medicate deeper pain. So it's not just the big things. An addiction can be anything. An addiction can be uh, something, right? And this is really important. Something, using something or someone to soothe your soul when you have a need or when you're in pain. See, what's happening, you know, in the midst of an addiction is that your soul is crying out for something. And instead of addressing the need in a healthy way, you attempt to medicate pain or emotional needs with something that feels good, with something that feels good. So I just want to share my story a little bit. For 13 years of my life, many of you guys uh, you know, know my story. I've shared my story before at church. But for 13 years of my life, I was actually addicted to pornography. I dealt with a secret addiction to, uh, to pornography from the age of about 13 to all the way to about 26, discovered a VHS this VHS tape underneath a sofa and, uh, and, you know, pop that bad boy in and, and began to see my first images of hardcore pornography for the first time in my life as a 13 year old, right? Just like crazy. I didn't, I didn't know what I was watching. I didn't know what I was viewing. It was just like, you know, just shocking. And at the same time, it was incredibly, incredibly alluring. It, it just, it just drew me to to what was going on on the screen. I had no idea what I was watching, but I couldn't, I couldn't turn it off either. And so this sort of this behavior and this pattern repeated as the age of the internet, right, dial-up internet, even began, you know. And and just these nights upon night, night, night after night after night of, you know, jumping on the computer and, and logging onto the internet and downloading videos and watching things and. And just hiding in secret, right? began this pattern in my life um, for around 13 years. I lived a lie. and I just want I just kind of want to say it exactly like that. I my life during this span of this 13 year span was was a double life, if you will. It was a lie. And the reason is because I was actually hurting. You see, I found pornography and pornography found me at a very, very vulnerable point in my life. A point in my life where I dealt with loneliness. I dealt with, even at the age of 13, feeling kind of like a lack of purpose, of like, who was I? You know, where was I going? I came from a really great family, came from you know a mom and dad who loved me very much, but on the inside, I was really, really hurting. And I was ignoring the real emotional needs and pain in my own life. And I mean, you know, as a 13 year old, who knows about the pain and the emotional needs that you have inside of your life. But as I got older through middle school, high school, college, even I I still ignored what was going on inside. Again, addiction is when we try to medicate deeper pain, you know, and those deeper emotions with some kind of surface level substance. Again, whether that's alcohol, drugs, pornography, sex, any kind of, you know, any, anything anything you find yourself using to medicate something deeper is a compulsive behavior, could be, could be considered an addiction. And so I was trapped. I was trapped. But I also, another thing I think is, is really, uh, you know, sort of resonates with those who struggle with addiction is that I isolated myself from people and I isolated myself from healthy community. I wasn't a part of a thriving church, really. I wasn't, you know, I didn't have life giving relationships You know, I didn't have people who really knew me and I was not a part of a small group. You know, I isolated myself. I didn't want to be a part of that. And a lot of that was because of the guilt. A lot of that was because of the shame that I felt in my life from this behavior. And so as we talk about addiction, I think it's really important that as we like, let's look at, when we look at my story for a second, take take my story as a snapshot out here. Porn was the was the fruit. Right. Just like alcohol, drugs, sex. Right. Porn is the top level, the surface level issue. Right. But hurt was the root. And so when we look at when we talk about addiction and we talk about, you know, compulsive behavior, we've got to look inside and we've asked, where does addiction really come from? Well, addiction comes from hurt. Addiction comes from pain, comes from what's inside. That's the real root. And when that grows up into a person's soul, into a person's life, the product of that is the fruit, right? Is pornography, is, you know, alcohol, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, whatever that might be. And so, while pornography was devastating in my life, you know, for the alcoholic, alcohol is devastating. Alcohol, pornography, sex, drugs, whatever it might be, is not really the most important problem the person is having. It's not it's not the real problem. The real problem is what's happening inside of them. You know, what's going on inside, what needs are not being addressed, what, um, what pain is not being dealt with, what hurt is not being uh, resolved. And so for that long stretch of time in my life, I dealt with, dealt with that. And I needed to learn that freedom and healing was actually an inside job. Freedom and healing was an inside job, and I couldn't do it without letting people see inside of me. I, I really believe that that was sort of like the key that unlocked the door for my life is when I really learned that freedom was was something that happened, had, had to start here. And in order for it to start here, I had to let people from the outside come inside and see the mess and see the things that I was so afraid of showing. There was so much guilt and shame there. I didn't want people to see me because I thought maybe people would think that I was weird or that I was gross or disgusting in some way and so people had to see the inside me i had to let people into my life i think it's really important that we look to god's word because god's word the bible has so many things to say about issues like addiction and the freedom that's possible let's look at galatians chapter 5 verse 1 it says this let me be clear the anointed one has set us free not partially but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. And so I believe that it's God alone who sets us free. It is God alone who sets us free. There's no self-help book, there's no treatment plan, there's no drug that can ultimately free us. It's only by the grace of God. When I think back on my story, and I share my story with people, that is the first thing that I share. That, I, that it was Jesus alone, and the, 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 the price that he paid on the cross that actually set me free from my addiction in 2009, he did that 2000 years ago on the cross. And so I, it's so, so important that we, that we realize that it's Christ alone first, that gives us the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness <clears throat> to find freedom and to find the healing that we long for and it's not to say that you know books and, and and workshops and treatment plans and drugs those things aren't bad there's lots of really great things tools you know and resources in our world in our community and in, in the church within the church right that help us to find that freedom but I happen to be of the opinion that it is literally Christ alone it is Jesus alone the blood of Jesus that sets us free for for our lives, you know, until we take our last breath and meet him, right? And so it's Christ alone. I, I think about the conversation, uh, the rich man in the Bible, the rich man had with Jesus when he asked him, who could possibly make it into heaven? And this is how Jesus responds in Matthew nineteen twenty six. He says, well, humanly speaking, no one, because no one can save himself. But what seems impossible to you is never impossible to God. And I, I just, I remember so many moments in my life that felt impossible or so many moments during that season of addiction, you know, that 13 year season where life just felt impossible. I felt like I would never get free. I would have a slip or a relapse. I'd look, I'd look at porn and then, you know, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd go through that whole guilt shame process and I'd ask God for forgiveness. God, forgive me for, for doing what I just did. I just, I need your grace. Please help me not to do that again. And I'd go through that vicious cycle because it would, it would happen again. Again, remember, I wasn't seeking help. I wasn't allowing people into my life to help me to find that freedom, and I wasn't going to the places of deep pain, right? I would just repeat the cycle over and over and over again. And so, life just felt impossible. There were so many moments that felt impossible. But as I began to enter into the process of recovery, and I'm gonna share with you in just a few minutes how, how I did that, or what that looked like, I began to see freedom in my life. So the question is, what did I do? Not just what did I do, but what do millions, what have millions of men and women done over the course of, you know, the course of history to find freedom? Because so many people have been set free. i work with people who, you know, who, who are set free from this, this kind of addiction, you know, every day and are thriving in their life right now. So what does a person need to do to find that freedom? And I think there's There's three important steps. These aren't the only things that we do. These are just three initial steps that we start to take to find freedom and healing from addiction. The first thing is that, number one, you got to get honest with yourself and others about your addiction. You have to get honest with yourself and others about your addiction. I've worked with men over the course of the last 11 or 12 years that when you tell them that, you know, Okay. And they come and share their story with me. And, you know, I'm looking, you know, I've struggled with pornography for a long time. I've kept it a secret, you know, and they kind of go through their whole story. And, and, and my, my first initial question, one of my first initial questions is, have you, you know, have you talked to your wife about this? Have you talked to your husband? Have you, have you talked to someone? Have you shared your story with someone? And they say, no. And some guys go on to do that and to share and to be honest. Some guys stop there. And unfortunately, I see some guys who don't find the freedom, some men don't find the freedom and healing they long for because they can't get honest with themselves. They can't get honest with their wife. And it's really, really sad because they're, you know, they've suffered the consequences. You know, they've suffered, maybe they've lost a job, right? I've known men that have lost their jobs because they were caught looking at porn, you know, or they've, unfortunately, they've lost their marriages because they weren't willing to be honest with the people closest to them. They weren't willing to be honest and stop and just say, look, this is what's going on in my life. Stopping and being honest and looking inside of your heart, looking and seeing what you've struggled with in your life, how, you know, what your childhood looked like growing up, what kind of traumas you experienced maybe throughout your, your life. Again, it's stopping and just getting honest and looking at the mess inside because believe me, all of us have mess. We all have mess inside that we've got to stop and look at. We've got to stop and be honest with ourselves and other people, especially those who are closest to us. So number one, we've got to get honest with ourselves and others. Number two, we need to begin looking inward and to our past to help us see why we're medicating the way we are, right? So you've got to begin looking inward and to your past. And again, this isn't for you to to make yourself feel bad, right? This isn't for you to feel all kinds of guilt, and all kinds of shame. But again, another step into the process of recovery is discovering and looking back to the things that maybe contributed to that compulsive behavior, contributed to that addiction. Was there some kind of abuse that you underwent? Was there some kind of trauma? You know, was there a divorce in your family? Was there maybe the lack of connection to a, you know, your dad or your mom? There's all sorts of issues that come into play for a person who has a compulsive behavior from childhood from you know years and years that have gone past and it's, it's really really important that you know many therapists and counselors will begin to take you through exploring your past exploring how you you know uh sort of grew up and and looking to to those things again some of these levels these ideas that i'm sharing are, are kind of macro level things. So we're not getting super deep in the weeds but these were things that i had to begin doing in my life to find freedom So I began to look inward into my past to help me to see why I was medicating the way I was. And number three, I had to invite people into my life. You invite people into your life. You you scratch and claw and grab and get as many life-giving, safe, healthy people in your life. And why do we do this? This is for accountability. It's for support. It's because we need people to kind of call us out. We need people to, you know, say, "Hey, um, you know, w- what's going on with you? How are you doing? How are you feeling this week?" You know, we need people to, to ask us the real hard questions. You know, have you looked at porn this week? Have you had any slips this week? Hey, what are you learning about your life? What are you learning in recovery? How do you feel like you're growing? We need people to get in our face, right? We may not like that. A lot of us, we don't we don't necessarily want that, but I really believe that life giving community. You know, life-giving accountability and support, real relationships are the kind of people that can ask the hard and tough questions, that can ask the questions that hurt, the questions that maybe feel a little pain, like, oh, you know, that person really wants to know me, and they're willing to ask whatever questions to know me. So I had to invite people into my life, and, and I'm so thankful that I was able to do that along, along the course of my recovery. So recovery from addiction, is a process, right? You just, the, the three steps that I just mentioned, it's a process, right? Recovery from addiction is a process. And and, and right now, uh, you know, as I sit here, I think I'm in my 11th year right now uh, of recovery from porn, porn addiction. And I'm still learning about myself and growing. The other night I, I took out a, an exercise that I did at a workshop and I kind of unfolded it. And I went through a workbook and I went through the, all these different things that I literally, wrote down and I literally discovered about myself 11 years ago and still to this day I'm walking through emotions I'm learning about myself I'm learning how to love people in my life better I'm learning how to love myself better I'm learning what what becoming whole and finding freedom and healing still looks like for my life recovery from addiction is a process it's it's not something it's, we're not talking about drive through this isn't drive through recovery this is something that literally takes the rest of your life, I believe, in a lot of ways. Now, please understand it. I, I believe that freedom is possible and freedom can happen and healing. You know, not looking at porn, not taking another drink, not picking up, you know, whatever kind of drug, right? Abstaining, that part is is kind of easy. You know, people can learn to do that. But can they learn to do the deeper healing, the deeper work inside, the soul work, right, of healing and becoming the man, the man or woman that God wants them to be? That's the process that takes takes uh, a long time and so healing is possible i, I remember early on in recovery and, and through the years that um, there would be temptations there would be triggers in life and i was frustrated at how difficult that journey felt but i needed to remember passages like first corinthians ten thirteen, which actually says this we all experience times of testing which is normal for every human being but god will be faithful to you He will screen and filter the severity, the nature, and the timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity to trust him more. For along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. Here's what I want you to know today. Unlimited grace is available to us when we experience these temptations trials and we walk through difficult seasons there's unlimited grace available to you and in this verse that we just read we're, we're not told that every difficulty will be removed from our lives but that God's grace actually has an exit plan he, there's an exit plan there second Corinthians five seventeen says now if anyone is enfolded into Christ he has become an entirely new person and all that is related to the old order has vanished Behold, everything is fresh and new. I invited Jesus into my heart for the first time in 1999, almost, wow, 21 years ago. Um, And I believe that it was a really genuine experience. I believe the scripture says that everything was made new. But it wasn't around 2009 that I actually found the freedom from pornography addiction. You know, I was saved at one point in my life but I really hadn't surrendered everything to Christ. I had, I really hadn't surrendered my, you know, my secret life to him. Every, you know, I I gave him my heart, but I didn't give him every room inside my heart. There were parts of my life that were hidden. There were parts of my life that I didn't let him have. And why was that? Because before, while my nature, my identity were transformed by the the blood of Jesus, by by Christ's sacrifice, I still chose, to live in darkness, I still chose the behavior. I still chose pornography. And there were still, like what we said earlier on, there were still unresolved issues and pain and there was lots of shame in my life over the choices that I was making. And I was truly living, like I said, that double life. And I, for my life, needed to hit a rock bottom place. And this place in life where every man, every woman who struggles with some kind of addiction needs to needs to um, experience, it's a place of brokenness. Where I realized that the damage my decisions were causing myself, even to those closest to me, like my wife, who was then my fiance at the time, I really needed to realize that I was hurting, that I was broken, that I wasn't healthy. And it wasn't until I got to that place that I finally found for my life the the realest of all freedom that I ever felt and healing was, was in that moment. And so for the last 11 years, I thank God that I've been free from pornography and I've found incredible, incredible healing for my life, my life. And, um, I feel like today I know the Lord, I know Jesus in a way that I never have before and I'm still learning and growing in that. But intimacy with Jesus is, is so great today because my heart has been surrendered to him. I feel like I've given him that area of my life. And God knows there's lots of other areas that he's still working on. But in the area of of, uh, of purity, sexual purity and integrity, uh, my heart is his. But again, it was only because I was willing to do whatever it took, whatever it took to find freedom, uh, like in the steps that we mentioned earlier. I, and, and so I want to pray. We're getting ready to kind of wrap up here. I want to pray for those who might be watching this, who are struggling today. Maybe you're watching this morning and you haven't shared with your husband or your wife the things that you've been dealing with, whether that's pornography, like my story or something else, and you've kept your life a secret for months, for years maybe, I wanna pray for those this morning who are struggling with kind of that double life, and, or maybe you just know someone, maybe this isn't your story, and that's okay. I hope you haven't turned off or walked away from, from uh, the, 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 you know, the online experience this morning, because we're talking about some tough issues, we're talking about things. You know, the church doesn't normally talk about issues like addiction, you know, sexual addiction, pornography addiction, you know, things like that. We're not really known to, to really talk about the, the hard, really difficult things like that, but I believe that we have to be having these conversations So maybe you know someone this morning, or maybe you are that person this morning who's struggling with addiction. Before we pray, I just want you to know one last thing. Hope is alive. Hope is alive. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And he can set you free from anything. He can set you free, but living in freedom, you need to understand this. Living in freedom also takes a lot of work on our part. I believe that God can do anything. I believe that God can set us free. I believe that God can literally snap his fingers and set you free. But I believe most of the times the way he works is he partners with us. He, 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 he sets us free and he, he puts us on a path to freedom. He brings us to that place of brokenness. I believe he puts things in our lives and he, he takes us, he leads us to that place. He does whatever he has to do. Uh, to to help us to find freedom so that we can get to a point where we do whatever we have to do to find freedom as well. And so this morning I want to pray for you, uh, whether you, like I said, you know somebody who's struggling with addiction. Maybe it's a family member or a friend or a coworker, someone you're close to, or if that's you right now. And you need to begin having that hard conversation, and it is. It's a hard conversation. Let's just be real. You need to begin having that conversation with your husband or your wife or someone closest to you. So let's pray together. Father, thank you that nothing we struggle with is impossible for you to overcome. This season is especially hard for our brothers and sisters battling addiction. And I ask right now that you would help them to realize their struggles do not define their identity or there your children, your sons, your daughters, called by your name and set apart for your purposes. I asked the Lord this morning, all over Discover Church in the community, that you would show them that their chains have been broken, that they can embrace your fullness of life. I ask that you would give them the strength to fight back when they feel overwhelmed and place people in their lives to support. Protect them, shield them from temptation, and deliver them from evil. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Pure Gold, our weekly podcast from Purity for Life. Don't forget to visit our website for additional content, including our entire podcast archive, articles, links, and videos to help encourage you on your journey for sexual purity. All this and more can be found at pflhome.com.